welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Asia Bonilla. And I'm your other host, Charles Sheeland. And today we're just starting the third book in Claire Fraze's series, or the They Stay series by Claire Fraze, which is They Return. And for anyone who is new to the show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends, and we read and reread YA books from our adolescence and share them with each other. Claire's publisher actually reached out to us and sent us a copy of the series, but we didn't receive any financial compensation for it. And there, Claire has written three books so far. She's about to publish another one. It looks like later this year, but we're going to finish our section on They Stay series next week when we finish this book because those are the only three that are out so far but she is releasing another book called They Hunt and possibly more after that but yeah that's beyond our purview so since these are new to us and I did last batch of summaries Asia's gonna do the last two for us so we have just two more episodes of this series and then we have a really special episode coming out after that And before I dive into the summary, I'm just going to go ahead and do what I've done for the previous episodes on this series, which is just read the content warning that's given in the copyright page of the book. So here's our trigger warning for the episode, that this episode is going to contain discussions of dark scenes, gory depictions of violence, mentions, and mentions of self-harm. So with that, we'll go ahead and dive into the summary. So this week, we have another crazy adventure. Miles is settling into his body as officers wearing. Shiloh and Jonah are recovering from their very violent battle with Richie. And Francesca is captured by Leonard and Evangeline. Also, the cops are still very much after Shiloh, honestly, for more crimes that we can count. You know, killing Leonard, trying to kill Miles, actually killing Miles assaulting Richie and his friend, and there's more and more, but we'll stop there. So they decide to go into hiding to try to plan an attack to get Francesca back, which leads them into more crimes and injuries. Meanwhile, Francesca is being used by Leonard to bring back more people from the past, and he's still just as twisted as ever, unfortunately. And that's pretty much the plot so far. Also, we are left on a pretty big cliffhanger, with the idea that Leonard might have re-kidnapped Francesca, Evangeline, as well as Shiloh's mother. So we'll be figuring out that in the next episode. But as far as for my impression of the reading, I think it hasn't really changed from the previous two books in that there's just a lot going on and this is a very dark and violent story. So I think both of us can agree that it's just not our favorite type of story to read which is why it's hard to enjoy this because (laughs) it's just a lot and I think especially the scenes with Leonard like with Francesca Leonard is like a particularly dark character so it's just a lot like he's just very cruel so it definitely is going to make the reader uncomfortable. But I am still enjoying like the development of Shiloh and Jonah's relationship, even though we get kind of a bad turn in this reading. I'm still, that's my favorite part of the book. Yeah, it's, for my me, my impression is that I'm just liking the series less and less. And it's, and it's not due to the writing. I think actually the writing is 
quite good. I feel like the fear and the panic is super palpable. And I think that speaks to Claire being a good writer. Like, I am on edge reading this book. Like, I'm stressed, I'm stressed out as I'm reading it. I'm, I'm anxious while I'm reading it. And that's because she's done a great job building up that feeling. Like, she has made me anxious. And that's, again, that really speaks to her use of language and her way to write. Like, I think that's awesome that she had, she can pull feelings out of people like that because that, you know, not, not everyone can do that, but it's not a feeling that I look for what I'm reading. And so I, I'm just enjoying it less and less because it's just not what I would ever choose to read myself. But I really do think that's more, like we've been saying, it's more of a genre thing than a, like a, this book is displeasing to me thing. It's not like, it's not like when I was reading Inkheart and I was like, I hate this because of the writing. I hate this because of the story. Like, I hate this because of the feeling it's giving me. And that's not, it's doesn't mean that the author did a bad job. It means the author did a really good job. Just, <laughs> does that make sense? I, d- I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing the book because. No, I think that that makes, I think that definitely makes sense because again, it's just, that comes down to preference basically, which I do like some suspenseful things. I think my particular turnoff of this is it's very violent. And like I said, the scenes with Leonard is like really uncomfortable for me because he is just basically has no morals, like really like is a complete like sociopath, psychopath, like just there's something wrong with him because of whether that's from his trauma or from his powers. And it's just like affected his psyche that that is like uncomfortable to read because it's just like, you don't know what he's going to do and you know, it's going to be really bad. And like, Charles said like that very like anxious feeling is just like some people really enjoy that but I am not enjoying that about this story because I've read other dark stories about murder or sexual assault and stuff but it's just it doesn't leave me feeling like this so it is just different from what I've experienced with reading in this like sort of genre okay well let's dive in my first note was that Asia Shiloh agrees with you she also thinks that Leonard wanted to kidnap Francesca to bring back more people. Yep, I called it. I think that's a pretty logical conclusion. If he's, you know, continued to use her, kidnapped her again, like, that's her power. Like, at least that's what he knows of her power. I mean, like, I don't think he knows that, like, she can move spirits around. Like, her primary power is, or I guess the most useful power for him, is that she can bring people from the other side. Which he can't do. Like, he can bring people back to life. He can't retrieve their ghosts, so. Exactly. So, and you, so you two are both right. That's exactly what his plan was. Of course, being Leonard, he has to be awful about it. And he right away threatens to go after, like, Shiloh's and Jonah's families to force Francesca to help him. And, like, right away, when he's, like, talking about hurting Max again, I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to read it. It makes me... I I don't want to read when, like, even the threat of the violence, like you said, Leonard's a gross character and a violent character. I was like, I don't want to read this. It makes me unhappy. I guess, and that's that's where we're a little different because, like, I have listened to a lot of, like, true crime and stuff. I don't have an issue when someone is talking about something. It is when it is happening in the act. So, like, when Leonard cut Francesca's fingers off, that uncomfortable because that is where, like, to me, it crosses over from suspenseful to full-on horror. Whereas the suspense, you don't actually see any of the horror. It's talked about either after the fact or what could happen. 
stuff like that. So yeah, I would say like when he was making like, for example, like what you said of threatening to re-kidnap Max and hurt him in some way to try to get Francesca to help him. That doesn't bother me so much. It's when he's physically harming someone in the moment that bothers me, me personally. But again, that's like what we said, that's a personal preference and you would only be able to know your what you're comfortable reading and or enjoying. Yeah. But continuing on, everyone is very injured and beat up from the last fight at the end of the last book with... Leonard and Richie and all of that except for Miles who is now in a new body and Miles is pretending to be a police officer in this like huge new body which if you don't remember Miles originally was like this skinny like little twig 16 year old like literally just skin and bones and now he's in like this big beefy police officer and honestly I don't know this whole thing like he talks about how like trying to when he's first like trying to walk in the body and like use the arms like it's just so weird because he's not used to like even just taking up so much space and like having to like remaneuver that I just thought this part was so funny like this was like the little bit of comedy I needed to like lighten the mood because most of the scenes were like obviously there's still like sad parts but it's just like kind of dark comedy I guess and like I like that too so I didn't mind this part yeah I don't know I don't Again, preferentially for me, like, dark humor, less interesting to me. And I think it was also, like, I can appreciate it sort of out of context, but I think that, because, like, in his second scene as Swearing, Miles has to go inform his parents that he's dead because his body's been found. And I was like, all the other scenes after that where Miles is trying to acclimate to being Swearing, I'm like... I can't even find the irony in them anymore because it's just so freaking sad. Like, that scene was horrible to read. It was so hard to read. And then on top of that, the other two are now suspects in his murder, too. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through the whole reading because this was early on. This was, like, 20 pages in. And I was like, how am I going to read through the whole book? Oh, wow, yeah, no, I definitely, like, pretty much everything that happened to Miles, Shiloh, and Jonah, because basically we're getting kind of two storylines, because since Francesca's with Leonard, the storyline with Miles, Shiloh, and Jonah, like, didn't, I didn't have really any issues with their storyline, because it was just, like, everything that was happening was kind of expected. I mean, obviously, yes, he didn't have to go to inform his parents, but, like, of course he did, because it drove the plot, and it, like, really solidified that like he's never going to be able to see his parents again like in the sense of being their son like he can see them from a distance I mean when he like said he ended up saying something because he went with like the chief or like a higher ranking police officer and like he had them inform him and then Miles is like your son loved you like he would do anything to see you again like it's not your fault and I was like oh my gosh what are you doing cringe 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 like I don't know I just couldn't take it that seriously but I understand like of course it's really sad like if you were to have died and like then as like inhabiting a new body have to go inform your parents that would be devastating but I just like the situation to me was like like it's kind of ironic and like of course he ended up having to do that so I will say though that it did get better for me after that like I feel like it was the the talking about the torture scene and that scene, those ones, maybe because they were at the beginning, they really, like, put me on edge. I still felt paranoia through the rest of the reading, but I do think that those were actually, for me, the hardest scenes to read 
which is funny, they weren't for you necessarily. Really? Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, I found the rest of it was easier to read, even though I was definitely on edge, which, as we know, I don't like. (laughs) Charles likes to be all the way back in his seat, chilled, not sitting on the edge, ready to jump out of his chair. He likes it to be laid back, whereas I do like a bit of suspense because it makes the story more... I don't know if it's necessarily suspense, but like I always say, I love a good plot twist, like when you don't see something coming, which I will say for this book, the only thing that really... I. I don't know, like, I'm trying to think. There hasn't really been many... The ending. The ending of... Of this reading was a plot twist. I can't think of anything, but you'll tell me when we get there, because I'm probably just not remembering. But either way, I think so far, except for me, I guess, at the end of this reading, there hasn't really been that much of a plot twist. Like, I feel like everything that's happened has been kind of predictable. Like, Miles eventually dying, going to new body. That was kind of, like, set up. Like, that was definitely going to happen. Leonard taking Francesca to... Bring more people back to life. Once it kind of was revealed that she had this ability and Leonard wanted it, it kind of could logically be thought, well, he might want to bring more than one person back. Now, is it an endless amount of people? But, like, that is not necessarily, like, shocking. You know what I mean? When they when they said that, it's not shocking that that is his, what he wants to do. So I definitely would look forward to more plot twists, but so far the suspense, at least, like I'm fine sure. with it. It isn't that part isn't really bothering me. The kind of suspense I guess I'm not enjoying is like whenever we're with Leonard, like I don't know what he's gonna do. Like, is he gonna cut more of Francesca's fingers off? Because like I don't like that. Like I don't read a I don't like reading about someone experiencing extreme pain because it physically makes me uncomfortable. So that is like I feel like what puts gives me that sort of sense of paranoia that Charles I guess is feeling for yeah. <laughs> everything else. Um, so there was one moment that I was very sure that Charles liked because I loved it, which is Miles ends up sitting Jonah down and having like a talk about Shiloh and he just gets right to the point and he's like, so how long have you been in love with Shiloh? Which I was like, oh my God, he just outright said it. And it's also just like, again, where I think this part is like funny because it's Jonah who's like a teenage boy and miles in like this big beefy like 20 something year old police officer's body and they're like having a conversation (laughs) even though it's actually two teenagers talking and miles basically ends up saying that he is okay with jonah dating shiloh at first he's angry about it because he's like what do you want to do just hook up with her and then jonah ends up admitting that he actually really likes her and has feelings for her and you know instead of miles being jealous He's actually really mature and he is like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you, Jonah, that you can actually, you know, have feelings for a girl our our age, <laughs> like not some woman <laughs> who's twice our age and like are covering up your trauma with like sexual relationships with older women. So I don't know. I thought it was like very mature of Miles and was like really a growth for his character in the sense that I feel like he'd been a little bit whiny. <laughs> personally and that you know he got shot and all these things and like he was blaming shiloh which like i understood if you were mad at her for like getting you involved but again he did make decisions to like involve himself that like could have helped prevent it so like he wasn't just like he didn't have like nothing to do with it like he made those decisions to continue seeking out leonard yeah so I don't know. I just thought this was a good growth for Miles. And then, of course, this is exactly the answer that I wanted, because then that means that there should be nothing holding back Jonah being with Shiloh. Like, they don't have to worry about hurting Miles' feelings. Yeah. One would think the first thing Jonah would do would be to go tell Shiloh that. But, you know, 
we're going to get to that in a second. But of course not, course because not. we need more conflict in this story. Yeah. Also, I want to say, like, you were right again. Like, you put, you kind of predicted this, like, at the beginning. I mean, we both did, but you, I feel like you said it most succinctly at the beginning of the first, at the end of the first book. Miles literally says, and I pulled the quote, she's guarded like you, which means you can help each other, or at least understand each other better than I ever could. Like, which I was like, yes, Miles, correct. Thank you for being able to see the obvious that Shiloh and Jonah cannot see for themselves. It's true. Even though now, Miles has been through a lot, but... But yes. But it still doesn't the same. Well, also now it would not be appropriate. Like, now he's got a different body. Like, I mean, I know you can be oh, attracted yeah, to his personality, is... but like, that's... But that was also, I liked that that was figured into it, that he's like... He's like, I'm not even going to figure out if this is, is like... legal. He's like, I, like, he's like, the fact that I even have to think about looking up if this is legal is right there a red flag. <laughs> this should not happen. But that means that Miles, still a good person. Yeah. I feel like and he's also, honestly become a better person since he was switched to a new body. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure he's become take. a better person. <sighs> I totally agree with that take. Yeah, sorry, but I think he needed to, in the least toxic sense of the words, man up. Um... <laughs> I, what I really mean is he needed to grow up, and being forced to be an adult growed him up quickly. Grew him up. So they all can tell that Jonah's better fit for Shiloh. Amazing, except that right after that, Jonah goes all emo and he picks a fight with Shiloh for absolutely no reason. This was so unfortunate. I was like, why? I mean, also I was hoping they were at least gonna get like a little honeymoon period where they could have been together, and then I was expecting. The conflict to happen after that, so we could at least get some good parts where they're like lovey-dovey, but no. We didn't get any of that, because Jonah decided that, I don't know, he just didn't want, he didn't want happiness. But my thing is, I'm assuming because, like I said, we're getting, we're rotating which uh, character we're reading, like which perspective we're reading from, and when we're reading from Jonah, he's already said kind of on multiple occasions that he doesn't think he's good enough for Shiloh, which is like absolutely ridiculous, because... Obviously, we know because we read from both perspectives. Shiloh thinks the same thing, or I don't know if she thinks she's not good enough for Jonah. She doesn't think really. I think she's like deserving of love at all. I feel like is more her issue, whereas Jonah is like I'm not good enough for Shiloh, which makes no sense. But whatever. So, yeah, he picks a fight with Shiloh for literally no reason. When we've already decided that they seem to be perfect for each other, they've both dealt with trauma, and they can help each other through that, and they clearly like each other. Okay. And it is just frustrating that they can't see that i want to say no i think you've absolutely you're absolutely accurate that's all 100 percent true that's how they're behaving i think the whole in books in movies in real life people someone saying you're too good for me or i'm not good enough for you is the most snobby conceited bullhucky like stupidest reason because you're basically saying i can make a moral judgment um, as to what is best for you and what you want, and I can know better than know, than you what you want and what you need, and that therefore I can decide that I'm not good enough. Like, it's a very backwards conceited, I find, logic to be like, I'm not good enough for you. It's basically you're saying, well, I know better than you what you need. And I'm like, shut up. Like, I don't know, I've never liked it as an excuse or, or reason for people not to be together I don't think it's I mean it's like it's one thing if you know the person is self-destructive or dangerous and they're like you know 
I'm a violent criminal. You're not, you're better than me. Like, that's a different story. But I'm like, just to be like, Shiloh just deserves someone who is Prince Charming is stupid. Let Shiloh decide what she wants. Oh, for sure. I mean, it takes away all her agency. And also, I mean, any person who's saying that to me, like, you need to go to therapy because you're just, you're self-sabotaging, basically. You don't think you're you don't think that you're worthy of happiness or deserving of happiness or like to be with somebody that you care about. So your brain is telling you, well, I know that this person is perfect because I care for them so much. And like, there's nothing wrong with them. So I must be the problem. It's, it's me. me. Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm the, the problem. problem. It's, it's me. me. But Sorry, I'm saying, so like, so obvious. that is definitely the idea that, He's having, Shiloh's having, everyone's having. And that's where, like, to grow, you have to realize that even if you are the problem, if you're willing to be better and you care about somebody and you can work on yourself and you can work on each other together, like, you can grow past that. But, or you need to go to therapy and, like, work on that before you can be with that person. Like, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough to be with them, well, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you do something to make yourself better so that you are deserving of them? Like, that just seems like... Such a cop-out. Exactly. So it felt emo and stupid to me and annoying. But we have, I don't think we've gotten a chapter from Jonah's perspective since he picked that fight with Shiloh. So Yeah, we did not. We did not get another perspective. So like we don't know what's going through his brain as like going forward through the rest of the reading that we had. Like all the actions he does, we don't get the thought process of why he did those things because we don't get his perspective. So hopefully we Which will think is in the a next half. Interesting choice. I mean, it's probably to build up suspense because, like, yeah, we, yeah. Right now we're speculating as to he's probably like, I'm not good enough for Shiloh, but like, we're gonna get the full explanation when we get his thoughts again. So I want to talk about Francesca because she's being forced to bring back people for Leonard and Evangeline. And at first, she convinces Leonard to only use dead bodies so that she can morally accept doing that four times. Basically, Leonard's like, yeah, if you bring back four people, I'll let you go. Which, like, yeah, that's fat chance. But but at least Francesca's like, well, even if that doesn't work, you know, I can at least prevent him from killing people if I, like, make it a stipulation that he has to use dead bodies. So... And she thinks she'll be able to get him caught at the hospital. Doesn't work. But, you know, she's like, at least if he's using dead bodies, I can bring people back and then me, he's not killing people. Which is, I think, yes. very good logic yes. on her part. Yes. And it felt, for a second, like Francesca was developing romantic feelings for Evangeline. Did you feel that, too, where she's kind of like... I absolutely, because Evangeline, like, gets really closer and she's like, she smells so nice and look at her chest. I literally was like, oh, are we finally getting our gay storyline? Well, also, I was if you so remember, confused. Evangeline, the girl, the body she's in, it was the seed Tallulah. was planted because the body she's in, Tallulah, she was being harassed by her family because she was lesbian and she was like fooling around with a girl and her parents caught her and that's why she was like, I just want to die. And that's why Leonard killed her. Um, Oh, I think I, yeah, I did Evangeline forget about that. Evangeline told us that, but that's not Francesca's reality, that's Evangel- That's Tallulah's reality, mm-hmm. not even Evangeline. Yeah. But Francesca's kind of like, you know, I'm oddly compelled by her, blah, 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 and I was like, ooh, it's happening. But, no, 
It was her spidey senses telling her that Evangeline is absolutely crazy because Evangeline is like, wants to bring everyone back from the dead. She's like, everyone deserves a second chance. Think of all the people we can bring back. And Francesca's like, um, that's a lot of work for me. And two, um, no, that's crazy. Yeah, which I was hoping this was more of like a lapse in judgment, like kind of justifying, you know, this idea that we can just bring people back because we're not really hurting anyone, as opposed to like her really believing in this, because otherwise it was giving really the, it was reminding me of from the Skinjacker trilogy, Mary, who like wanted to have all kids come to Everloss and they were literally killing children, whereas... Evangeline basically on the opposite side is like trying to cheat death. So she's trying to literally bring back every former friend she's ever had that like has ever died. And like that way people can just like, again, cheat death, which is just like goes against the laws of nature. So just interesting. But which if that was the case, it's kind of unfortunate because I feel like women are often portrayed as the villain. But Either way, I think it's a good idea for Francesca to play along with whatever Evangeline is saying because that is her, that's her best chance of being able to escape by maybe gaining Evangeline's trust, whether she really is evil and like believes in these things that we can cheat death or she's just justifying it in her brain and hasn't like fully thought it through and like thought about the actual like ethics and morals of that. Yeah, Francesca, I think is honestly handling it pretty well, all things considered. Then when Leonard starts killing people again, she's able, at least it seems like, to convince Evangeline that he's horrible and to join her side. Now, do we believe that? Probably not. I find it... Like, Evangeline is mad when she finds out that, like, Tallulah had to be killed for her to be brought back to life. And she, you know, is helping Francesca enforce this rule of no new dead people. But... Like, Evangeline leaving Leonard at the end, like, she's really choosing Francesca's side. I don't know. I find that hard to believe. I feel like she might be a spy for Leonard. I don't know. I think it could definitely go both ways. It's basically, I mean, we don't know Evangeline's character that well. Because, like I said, basically, Leonard has fully lost it. Like, he has no morals. Doesn't think, like, doesn't think about right and wrong. Just does. You know? Whereas, because we haven't been around Evangeline enough, I feel like, to make that distinction. And I feel like in order to justify what Leonard is doing, you have to think that way. I feel like you have to have no morals. Because even if they are, like, taking people's body from the hospital, like, people still are right to their body. Like, even after death and, like, what if your family members want to bury you? Like, it's still, like... Also, it causes chaos. It causes chaos to have people reanimated. Yes, it also causes chaos because the idea is, yes, you're bringing them to life, but, like, that person already existed in this world. So now people, what if you run into somebody they knew and you're not them, like, again, and, like, that's, like, also it hasn't been, like, since do people know that ghosts exist? Because, like, I feel like that was the thing with, like, the skin jackers. Like, you really weren't supposed to, people weren't supposed to know, like, or maybe I'm thinking of something else. Thinking of Twilight. <laughs> They're not supposed to tell people the vampires with the Volturi. But it just like it yes, like you said, overall it creates chaos with that. But then also with the idea of, well, obviously if hospitals' bodies are like constantly going missing, that's going to cause even more issues. And then I just also feel like at some point you're gonna be like, Well, we should just kill people because we can just bring them back anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? Like kill bad people, like kill criminals. Like I just feel like there's 
if you justify one thing, you'll be able to eventually justify something else. So there's kind of no end, like, once you cross that line. So... Yeah, and how do you decide who which soul is worth bringing back? Like, exactly. Or in what order, you know? Like, it's... It's just very, it like... It brings up too many ethical dilemmas. Yeah, that, which is why I feel like... And they shouldn't be forced on one 14, uh, 16-year-old girl. Yes, which is also why I feel that... And also, I mean, another thing is they're completely taking advantage of Francesca. Francesca is not consenting to any of this. They're forcing her to do it. So that is a whole other ethical argument. But so that's why I'm saying that I feel like Evangeline to fully believe in it, she would have to be as cruel and insane as Leonard, which we don't know her well enough, I feel like, to make that distinction yet. Because she could be and also she would have to be even crazier because she would also have to add very... Um, extremely manipulative to her list of qualities if she was able to convince Francesca that easily because I feel like once she... Because what ends up happening is Leonard kills... So he had, like, used the foolery-like drug, which is what he used to control Richie. He used it to control a worker at the hospital in order to get the bodies. And he ends up killing the body so that he can put someone in because the body that they get doesn't work for this third soul they're trying to animate. And so that is where, like, Francesca's showing you, like, Leonard's a monster. Like, you knew him before, but, like, he's changed. Like, what has happened to him has changed who he is. And, like, there's no going back. Like, he is the kind of person, like, when they talk about there's something wrong with him. Like, there's there's no saving him. It's over. Like, he just has to be wiped out. Like, I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also this idea of bringing people back that Evangeline says, I was like, how are they going to be able to do this if it seems like so far in order to bring back souls from the other side, they need something like sentimental of theirs in order to find where their soul is? Like, do they have sentimental items from everyone they've ever known? Like, that just seems like really specific. And also then, I guess it is still narrowing it down to just people they know, obviously, because they can't just bring back random people if you don't have their stuff. But I don't know. But you could find any soul, random soul, in the astral side. Like, I mean, it's a good point. Like, to find specific people, you need to have a link for them, but she could just go into the other side. I guess side you could just, just bring back random, random people. people. But that's, like, also problematic. What if you bring back a murderer or a criminal? Like, I just, how does that work? And that's where, like, that wasn't really, what her, her plan was wasn't clear. It wasn't clear if she was, like, we should bring everybody I've ever known, like, because there's a lot of people that she knew back in those days who died too early and were wronged and, like, deserve a second chance at life. But, like, what about random strangers? Like, are you just going to give everyone that second chance at life? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a good point. These people are creepy, so they haven't thought about it. They're just acting on impulse. Also, they're definitely hoarders, so they probably do have something from all the important people <laughs> they care about. Disgusting. But, yes, that's, I mean... You and I, who are not, we are not ethicists or philosophers, we've come up with, like, ten reasons why you shouldn't bring people back from the dead willy-nilly, and we've just been talking about it on a freaking podcast, and these people have not spent any time doing any introspection as to what they should do or not. So, yes, it's absolutely wrong, and you're right, if Evangeline is on Leonard's side, she's extra evil for being manipulative about it. So, before we go back to the others, though, let's mention that Francesca is pretty smart in this reading. Like, she calls Shiloh's mom. Well, first she goes to her dad, and he gets the number, and he calls Shiloh's mom. So, she's able to get an escape plan, like, 
I mean, obviously it ends up not going well, because duh, but the others are trying to find her and, like, you know, get her out, but she is also developing one for herself. Yes, which again shows that Francesca is intelligent and she deserves better. And so Shiloh, Shiloh, Jonah, and Miles are also trying to rescue her, but there's just a lot of awkwardness going on between Jonah and Shiloh, obviously, because now he's being emo and annoying and is being really mean to Shiloh. And kind of how we talked before, like, it's just kind of frustrating, like, that this is the trope that she's doing, the author for the story. And we already kind of talked about this, I don't really need to go more in depth, but overall, I think we both hate it because ultimately it does take away Shiloh's agency because it doesn't allow her to choose what's best for her. Jonah is taking that away and just saying that I'm not good enough for you. Whereas if he just told her his feelings, she could make that decision for herself. You know, just like Jonah could make the decision for himself if Shiloh felt like she wasn't good enough, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it also, I think it's frustrating because like we said, we haven't gotten any chapters from Jonah since he went crazy. So why is he running so hot and cold? Like, and I feel like that will probably be less frustrated when we get his thoughts again. I mean, we might still disagree with them, but like so far, it's just like he gets exactly what he wanted from Miles and then he turns on a dime and that was super annoying. So I feel like when we get his thoughts again, they'll be a little better, I'm hoping. And so then like in the last book and episode, once again, they announce a big plan to save Francesca to finish off Leonard and then Shiloh's going to turn herself in. It's going to be okay. They can blame everything on her. She'll just have life behind bars. And of course, as soon as you vocalize a plan, (laughs) it's not going to happen. Like, rule number one. Lo and behold, I was correct. Richie tricks them and leads them off to his dad's house. So now they commit more crimes by assaulting his dad and his dad's new children and breaking into his house. So, and now that also the beating that they've done to Richie, or that, you know, happened to Richie earlier. Well, I guess they did do it in the last book. Um, now they're also going to be held accountable for that, too, because Richie has now is now free. Yes. So, yeah, there was just a lot of violence, which, you know, we don't love that. But it is, I guess, kind of unfortunate, yes, that they're all criminals now, specifically because they use each other's names so, obviously, everyone knows Shiloh's wanted, but that identifies Jonah as also being a kidnapper. And also, they called the police officer Miles, which, if Richie was smart enough, could make that connection, which no one would believe him necessarily. But still, that means another person could know that Miles has switched bodies, which could cause further issues. And also, with Miles' new body, again, Richie saw the bodies, and he knows that he's a police officer, that, so that could get him losing his job, which now... He's in this new body, this new life where he already doesn't know what he's doing. And now his new life is being threatened. So it's just a lot going on. And everything's <laughs> just bad. And this is where I have said, like, I think that what's been hard about this sort of suspense is it just seems like there's, like, no hope. And, I mean, we did start or we stopped reading halfway through the book. So obviously, as I always say, maybe the very next chapter we're going to get a beam of hope that's going to like help uplift the spirits, but it just sucks that we're always, I feel like, ending on very bad things happening. So, like I said, because I feel like it's pretty obvious that at least Shiloh for sure is going to jail at this point, I think, because the fact that they have the murder weapon, like, she's going to go to jail, even if it's just to await her trial, she's going to jail. 
Now, maybe Jonah's going to run or something, or they're not going to have enough evidence, I feel like, could be to, like, hold him. And then Miles, obviously, is definitely has the best situation because he's not even himself. Like, he could definitely, like, run or something. And, like, who knows what, he maybe has access to money from this police officer's, like, you know, maybe he had money. Who knows? But either way, just a lot. But either way, it's just very depressing to read when it's like, and here we are, back to no hope, no chance no chance of survival, no chance of escape. Yeah, and this isn't even the last book. Like, I feel like we have a web of problems from the book one that we have not solved yet. And that's okay. You can have things that carry over and makes it a series. But then we got... But there are things that were from book one that haven't been fixed... And we got more of them last book, which we haven't solved. And now we're getting even more things moving forward from this book. And as I've said, it feels like there are too many elements and it's complicated. But also, the elements are sad and stressful. And I think, yeah, like, it's very hard to see light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's fiction. Like, Shiloh could get off on a technicality or they could convince someone that ghosts are real. You know, like, maybe they can, like beam the monocle lens into, like, the sun, and everyone can see ghosts, and then they'll be like, ah, Leonard was terrible the whole time. But, you know, like, it doesn't really strike me as a kind of book where, like, they're gonna get that sweeping of a happy ending at the end. So, then it can't even be that happy of an ending anyway, because people have freaking died. So, like, even if, you know, Shiloh doesn't end up in jail for the rest of her life, like, there's a lot of sadness that's already happened. So I totally agree with you. I think that is one of the factors that makes it a hard book to read. Yes. So just to finish up the reading. So obviously we said Shiloh, Miles, and Jonah's plan does not does not go well at all. As far as Francesca's plan, she is able to escape briefly with Shiloh's mom and Evangeline because Evangeline ends up turning on Leonard. And they're able to briefly escape. But of course, of course, Shiloh's mom's car stalls as they're driving away from Leonard. And they, Shiloh's mom ran Leonard over, like, with the car because he, like, was standing in front of them. And... You know, Shiloh's mom is seeing Tallulah, the girl who's kidnapped, and Francesca. And Francesca is like, yes, he kidnapped us. Like, drive. So she rams him down, and he gets hit by, like, they're in, like, a big van. And But, of course, Leonard, for whatever reason, doesn't die when he's hit by this car. And he's walking towards them, like, as their car is stalled now with, like, a big sledgehammer or something. So literally straight out of a horror movie. And this... And he's smiling all He's creepy. smiling creepy oh, with, like, no, blood in his not. mouth. I was like, this is literally, like, the part where it's a horror movie. And the chapter basically ends with him slamming the sledgehammer into the window that Francesca's at, like, shattering the glass. And that's, like, it. So that's the cliffhanger we're left on. So, obviously, the assumption is that Leonard is, of course, captured Francesca again and possibly Evangeline. But hopefully Evangeline is smarter enough that... Whether she is actually evil or if she's not, she pretends to still be friends with Leonard, so she isn't immediately captured as well. But my question, obviously, is then what will happen to Shiloh's mom? Will he just kill her immediately? Because obviously, well, I don't know if he knows who Shiloh's mom is, or maybe he did do his research and knows that. But either way, if he knows who Shiloh's mom, he could, one, just kill her immediately, 
he could hold her as a hostage to uh, continue to force Francesca to do what he wants because he could threaten her life and stuff. And or what if he takes her on as a new host and that's a way that he's like, it will get back at Shiloh. There's just like so many possibilities and it's all terrifying. <laughs> Ugh. It's all horrible. I don't want any of it. It's a terrible cliffhanger. I don't want it. Which I will say again, the cliffhanger is our created cliffhanger because obviously if you were reading this, you would just keep reading. So that's true. This but isn't a but real it was it was a bit of a cliffhanger in that like the Francesca ha- chapter happened like a while ago. Like it's been like three or four chapters. Again, it's not a cliffhanger because it's in the middle of a book. Like you would keep reading. Like I don't know if the next chapter is a Francesca chapter or not. But like it has been like four chapters of Shiloh in a row. So like we left Francesca and then we went and did the whole Richie plan. So. There is that. And just to round out the story with the other crew, they get, I guess, maybe a beam of hope, but we don't know. Fiona from the circus wants to team up with them because she was super close to Wilma, the soothsayer, and she's like, we need to take revenge on Leonard together. You know, Shiloh was very skeptical. The boys seem very much not skeptical. And that's not a thing to consider. Also, she tells them the crystal balls in Florida, which is another complicating factor that I mentioned earlier, that, like, we don't know when that's going to come back. I mean, when Jonah dies, obviously, but when is that going to happen? Um, so, yeah, that's where we finish the rest of the plot. With oh, the, yeah, I almost forgot about that. So we do end up finishing with a little bit of hope that they could be getting help to defeat Leonard. Okay, sure. But I, I don't know how hopeful it is because it's an old an old acrobat or contortionist and a guy in a wheelchair with no legs. Yes. Who, what was his act? I am. He, I like, think he was a swallow handyman. fire. I think he was. He might have, but I thought he was just the crew, like the production crew. Uh, oh, so either way, what exactly is this help? But at least they have support, and also they have somewhere to hide out. At least Shiloh and Jonah do for now because they're obviously now officially like fully one, on fully one like chronicles and on the run. Yeah, one of posters on the run. So at least they have hopefully some sort of safe haven unless these people are tricking them for some reason. But at this point, they have no choice but to trust them. Yeah, for real. And unfortunately, at this point, Jonah and Shiloh do still hate each other, so I am very sad because that is, as I've mentioned before, the main part of the story I am enjoying is the romance. So hopefully, since they're going to live together, that will be rekindled soon. Well, that's it. There we go. We covered the first half of They Return. We'll read the second half for next week, so if you read along, you can finish the book. And remember, this is not the last book in the series, it's just the last one that's published so far. And so then that's since that's the last one we have, the following week we're going to be reading All of Aqueous by Jade Shyback, which is her debut novel. It literally came out in May of this year. Again, Jade's publisher sent it us copies, and we'll be reading that in one week, because it's a nice and short book. And, yeah, so that'll be in two weeks. So one more week of They Return, and then we'll read Aqueous the week after that. As always, if you have any predictions, theories, or questions, remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the Nerd Party website. Just head over to nerdparty.com contact and select throwback paperback. 
You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at JoinNerdParty or on Instagram at TheNerdParty or Facebook.com slash TheNerdParty. And to find me, I'm at AsiaBonia on TikTok and at Asia.Bonia on Instagram. And to find me, I'm at Seashells on Instagram. And if you enjoy our show, make sure you rate and review it. Share it with your friends. Maybe not these episodes if they're too dark. Check out the other <laughs> podcasts on the Nerd Party Network and subscribe to our show so you don't miss us next week. Yes, hit that subscribe and have a good one. We'll see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.